Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, world, and welcome back to Grid Iron Campbell, the only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is. I'm your host, Rich Ryan and I am joined by the entire collective, the disciple, Brett Colson, Donnie, D.P. Peters, and the resident moose himself, Mo Nawara. That is correct. We have the disciple in the flesh, Bert Minotti, Brett Colson. What's going on, buddy? It is it's great to be back. You know, I, I've heard Mo drag my name through the mud here for the last eight months. Traitor this, scumbag that. Benedict finally. Bert. Finally, get a chance to defend myself. Look, if I had it my way, I would pod with you boys every week. But you know, circumstances don't don't allow me to do that anymore. But I'm back. Hashtag when it matters. So uh, we're gonna give the people what they want. That that sound that you heard there briefly, that you now hear, and you're gonna hear again soon, is Mo at a bar in something called Fort Collins. I don't know what state. Mo is potting from a dive bar. That is the dedication that we have, Mr. Nuwara. How are you going? Potting from something called West End Pub. West End? Yeah, it's in Fort Collins. Um, Shout out Elon. Shout out Elon. West End was like the bar at Elon. Let's go. It's because I'm I'm hurt, Brad. I'm a jilted lover. I miss you. (laughs) Scorn lover. How do you respond to that, Bert? I mean, it it was like every week. So I'm I'm still hurting. (laughs) I'm hurt, dog. All right, well, if, if this is the first time you're hearing this, you are very confused. And maybe you're going to be even more confused when we pick our Super Contest card. That is right. We are in the Las Vegas Super Contest. We are trying to win $1.7 million or whatever the top prize is. They broke the record this week. Hopefully the entries keep pouring in. And how do we do that? Each one of us, there are four of us, we put a single pick on the card and then the fifth and final pick comes from our collective rankings. We rank every game from top to bottom, and that's how we make the card. On this podcast, we will talk about the games we were split on, the games where there were three hosts on one and one host on the other. We call those lone wolves. And then finally, we will reveal the five picks that are on the card. But as always, we will start with those split contests. And being week one... And uh, given that we really have no idea what's going on, as once famously told to us by one of my favorite coaches. You really don't know. You think you know, but you don't 
No. And we don't. So we have four, five split games this week, and nobody was higher than a 12. So it made the card for DP and actually Mo and Brett, and they're on different sides. This is one of the weirdest games of the week. It's got Antonio Brown and the craziness that is going on with his impending suspension. Brett has the Broncos, who are now minus two and a half in real life. They're a pick in the contest. And DP and Mo are throwing all caution to the wind and taking the Raiders. Guys, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, what are you doing? That's the real question. <laughs> We're getting three points. Yeah, two and a half free points. I stayed away from this entirely. I put this as a one. I did select the Broncos, though, because as Brett noted, you're getting free points. But I, I don't know how you can select the Raiders, and I also don't know how you can put them on the card. DP, explain to me, please. I mean, I capped this game at Raiders minus two. So to me, it was a pretty easy way to put it on my card. Um, I, I mean, listen, I'm not high on this Denver team. I, I think the Denver defense will be all right. I think that their front with Miller and Chubb will be all right throughout the year. Um, but, you know, teams tend to start pretty slow at the beginning of the season. I have no idea what this Denver offense is going to be. I'm not high at all on Joe Flacco. I know, you know, he can be a little bit better of a professional quarterback than whatever the hell they had there before, but I don't think he's much at all. Um, I, you know, obviously I did this a little bit before. Uh, I'm talking about my process. A little bit before the EB news that came out today with his being suspended. But, I mean, I don't know. That that guy seems like a disaster, and, and half of me wants to say they're just better without him. Half of me wants to say, obviously, he's super talented. They're better with him, so I just consider it a wash at the end of the day. I mean, I don't think this Raiders team is going to be that much worse than Denver. You know, that's that's what I'm, I'm looking at here in week one, and, and they're at home. I think this game is going to be a lot closer than people think, and, and I'm happy to pick the Raiders. My biggest fear in First of all, this game, I have no idea what's going to happen. So that's why I wanted to stay away from it entirely. My biggest fear from the Raiders is going up against that Broncos defense, now led by new head coach Vic Fangio, former defensive coordinator by the Bears. Uh, I just have nightmares of Von Miller and Bradley Chubb eating Derek Carr alive and Derek Carr playing check down Charlie and not being able to move the ball. Then you take Antonio Brown out of that equation and Tyrell Williams, who we actually like on this pod, becomes... WR1 for the squad. Uh, this is very doom and gloom for me. Brett, more so for you, you had a lot more conviction on Denver. What you got here? Yeah, I wasn't really sure what to do with this, so I threw it at the bottom of my card. Obviously, we're getting those free points since the line was posted before the AB suspension news, which we believe will happen. Uh, it moved a couple points in the Broncos' favor. My main concern here was how popular will Denver be in the contest? And also, do we want Flacco chalk? Like, do we really want Flacco chalk? It's scary. Uh, So I was going to leave this up to you guys. I did not anticipate this being a split game. I thought this would be a consensus slam dunk. It would would probably land on our card. But look, it's contrarian if if we go Raiders. I don't hate that. I just don't see how I don't see how they win this. Leverage plays week one. <laughs> Bermanati's here for I had, I had him on the card week one last year against the Rams. So like I get it, <laughs> but that was a giant failure. All right, another split game that is near and dear to our heart. Bills. Wait, I want to hear. I want to hear Mo. Oh well, I I was gonna 
get to Mo on this game because he's one of the people with the highest conviction, and I want to uh, keep the sound quality as good as possible. Uh, Bills at Jets. The Bills make me wanna. I am the highest on the Buffalo Bills plus three. Mo also has the Bills. Uh, I have them actually on my card. Mo has them nearly on his card. Uh, DP's got the Jets in the middle of the pack. Brett, you've got the Jets at the bottom. Mo, we're going to the bar. The Bills are such a juicy side here, right? From three and a half to three, now to two and a half. The market is screaming. Bet the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, why are the Bills even like worse than the Jets? I don't understand this. Um, these teams are roughly equal. I'm going to take the three. Um, as far as the other game goes, I mean, the, the Broncos suck. I mean, what? How are they road favorites? This is a joke. I'm with Thank Don. you. Thank you, Mo. Thank you. They should be minus. That was the opener. I agree with the opener. They're not, they're not road favorites. They're a pick. Well, now they're road favorites, and I think that's dumb. <laughs> that has nothing to do with the contest. They're a pick. I'm not respecting that line move. That's all I'm saying. For sure. It's definitely off of media buzz and not anything meaningful on the pitch. I would say that's pretty meaningful. We're not talking about a running back here. We're talking about the most impactful receiver probably in the league. Two and a half points, though? I mean, we just saw I know, him. I, I, no, I, I agree with you guys. He's not worth two and a half points. Yeah. But they, like, it, it's it worth matters. It. Yeah, it matters, but not two and a half points. Oh, this Bills game is going to be close and low scoring, so why wouldn't I take a field goal? Yeah, like this I, total is forty. Yeah, I, I, well, I think this total's going over. So this game's tough for me because in my heart of hearts, I think the Jets should be like minus six. I think they're going to come out and blow the doors off offensively and be like a ten and six team. But my head is telling me uh, this is a fair line, and then the market is screaming at me to blast the Bills. Like I said. It's a reverse line move. The Jets are not heavy favorites in terms of betting popularity, but they're getting 55% of the tickets, and yet the line has moved down from 3.5 to 3, and then from 3 to 2.5. So onto a key number and then off of a key number, which is just crazy movement. Uh, Big test for both teams. Josh Allen is going to have a great opportunity to pick apart a bad secondary. Tremaine Johnson looks like he'll play for the Jets, but something Daryl Roberts is the second corner, and it's going to be very problematic for them covering if they don't get any pressure up front. And then for Gase, can this supposed high-power offense move the ball and score points against what is a great Bills secondary? So I think the Bills can win this game outright. I'm believing in the market, and I think I'm just being a little tepid with my beloved Jets. Minotti, you are the Bills fan. Got to check your temperature on this contest. Yeah, I told you guys earlier, I I don't know what to do with this one. Reverse line movement through a key number, it's confusing stuff. So I decided not to go anywhere near this one. DP, DP, I think you wanted to love the Jets, but you ended up putting them in the middle. What you got? Uh, that's true. I did want to love the Jets. Um, when I initially looked at this game, you know, did, did my own little capping here. I had it a bit higher than where I ultimately settled on, which was in the middle of the pack. Um, that line movement that you guys have been talking about is is scaring me the most out of anything. Um, 
that said, you know, I'm, I'm happy to throw up two, two middle fingers to the market and just say everyone <laughs> out there is wrong. And I'm happy to lay those three points with the Jets. I mean, I had this at, at three and a half, almost wanted to put it at four. I kind of lean with you, Rich, in terms of the Jets just coming out gangbusters. I think they're going to be be able to do pretty well. You know, I am a little bit worried about that Bills defense, but the fact that this is in New York and not in Buffalo – you know, that, that takes away a little bit of what the, the, the Bills defense, I think, will bring to the table. Not that they won't be good, um, but I think Darnold and the, this Jets offense, uh, backed by Gase, is going to be a lot better, a lot much more improved this year. I expect a big game out of them, and I expect them to be able to cover. It's a good thing. Sam you- Darnold, really good at football. Yes, I cannot contain my excitement for 14 to be slinging the rock this season with an actual offense. I'm very excited. And it, you're lucky it wasn't the opposite there, uh, DP. If it, you, almost, you said it's not in Buffalo, it's in New York. Wouldn't have worked the other way. It's not in New York, it's in Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I was talking about the cities. Come on, coming, man. Coming from a guy from Buffalo as well. Very probably. That's the wrong state, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah, it's True, in New Jersey. It is in New Jersey. I get it. but The Garden whatever. State. Uh, the bottom two split games we're not going to spend time on. It's the two... Games with big lines, Bengals at Seahawks, Hawks are minus nine and a half, and racial slurs at Eagles, caught myself there, Eagles are minus 10. Nobody had this game higher than a 6 out of 15. Uh, We were all over the place, so I'm just going to throw those games out unless somebody wants to circle back at some point and make a point about them. But the other split game was Chefs at Jaguars. Jaguars are three and a half point home dogs, and... Brett and I were the two people with the most conviction in this game, and we both are on the same side. We pinched our nose, we held our breath, and we took the Jags as home dogs. Brett, this is sharper than the Devils, but is it too sharp for our own good? I don't think so. 72% of public public bets on the Chiefs here. The lines moved the other way, opened at 4.5 or 5 back in June. Now we're at 3.5. This Chiefs defense is is still a disaster. You know, even with the additions of Clark, Honey Badger, can they stop the run? Like this unit ranked dead last in run defense DVOA last season. They're facing a run heavy offense here that has its workhorse back healthy. And you got Nick Foles, an obvious upgrade over Blake Bortles. Uh, and I know you guys were dumping on the last week, but I kind of like these weapons that, that Foles has. The, some young guys here, Westbrook, Shark. I, I'm a big Chris, Chris Conley guy, too. I know the, the Chiefs what gave up a lot, but you got, <laughs> you, got the re, you got the revenge game here for Chris Conley. I don't know. I, I, I don't love this spot, but I'm going to take the three and a half points with the home dog. We are 13 minutes and 43 seconds into week one of Gridiron Gamble, and we have the Chris Conley revenge game. <laughs> I like Chris Conley, man. Dude, he likes Star Wars. <laughs> All right, here's what I got in this game. Massive reverse line move. 71% are on the Chiefs, but the line has moved down from five to three and a half. And if you remember last year, there's a kid named Patrick Mahomes. He threw 50 touchdowns. Massive number. He threw a touchdown in every single game except for when he played the Jacksonville Jaguars zero touchdowns two interceptions was very pedestrian at home against a Jags defense that regressed I still believe in Jalen Ramsey and AJ Bouye that game was a classic Blake Bortles Bortles service blown dicks affair four interceptions including a pick six I think the Jags can win this game outright Mo what you got for that this line is fair, man. 
I don't. Well, you guys know though the line's not five and a half in the contest, right? No, it's it's three and a half. Right, that's what I'm saying. This reverse line move is already factored into like. There's nothing. The Chiefs. Uh, I mean, this Jags offense is so bad. As bad as How this do you know? Defense, Big Dick Nick. The Jags are just as bad, so it's not going to be that big of a deal. I think Big Dick Nick can move the ball against this Chiefs secondary. Everybody can move against the Chiefs. It's a fair line. This is a fair line. He has no weapons. The, the, that's Brett's take was horrible there. <laughs> I don't know, Didi. I think Didi is good at football, man. I like that I mean, kid. He's fine. He's fine. You just said something, DJ Chark. That dude couldn't even get on the pitch last year. Yeah, because he was hurt. Uh, no, it's because he's bad. Those, those, those are the split games, and as you can tell, we don't have much conviction in them, which is good because none of them are making the card. Time to move on to the section where people stand on an island alone. Got some new music this year. Time for some Lone Wolves. No Lone Wolves made the card, but Brett had two bubble. In fact, Brett had four Lone Wolves. Mo had a single Lone Wolf. DP and I sitting out this segment, unless we're arguing on the other side. Brett, we will start with you You've got two road favorites as Lone Wolves bubbling your card. Ravens minus six and a half in Miami and Lions minus three in Arizona. I'm particularly surprised by the latter because you're getting a bad line. But uh, go ahead, tackle these two in whichever order you want to. Yeah, this is fantastic. I'm back after the long layoff and ready to get shredded (laughs) by Mo. Um, I'll start with the Ravens. I, I wanted to love Miami here, fade the public steam with a quarterback that leads our heart rankings. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's a favorite of this podcast. He upset the Saints in week one last year as a huge dog. But I can't get past this matchup in the trenches. You got Brandon Williams, Michael Pierce against this patchwork Dolphins offensive line. I don't even know who these players are who are protecting Fitzpatrick in this one. And and I believe in this Ravens team. They're one of my favorites going into the year. Greg Roman did great things with Tyrod and, and McCoy and Buffalo and now gets an opportunity to do the same thing with Lamar Jackson, Ingram, Justice Hill against a Dolphins defense that was shredded on the ground last year. This roster is just horrifying. I have to go with the steam in this one. It, it is outside my top five, so it's not going to kill us, but uh, – I kind of like the Ravens, and I it, it's it's icky, but I have to do it. It's very icky. You've got it's, it's so icky. You're but. laying six and a half on the road with Lamar Jackson throwing footballs at Xavier Howard, Eric Rowe, Rashad Jones, and Minka Fitzpatrick. He doesn't have to throw though. That's the thing with this. If they get out early, when does he have to throw the football? Well, they have to get out to that lead. That's the thing. And we're looks we're seeing it right right now. We're recording during this Packers Bears game. This week, teams are going to start out slow. It's just natural. With less practice, less hitting, fewer people playing a preseason, there's going to be some ugly starts to these football games. And for the Ravens to cover six and a half on the road, I mean, you got to go out and blow doors, right? You have to go and dominate and score a lot of points. And I just don't see it happening whatsoever. And we don't know if the Ravens are going to be good. We think the Dolphins are going to be terrible, but crazy things happen in this league. And... I can't get behind a Ravens team being this heavily favored on the road in week one. 
Uh, DP wanted nothing to do with this game. This was his last pick. Mo, you took the home dog, but you had them at a 6 out of 15. Cap this game for us. Yeah, I think I agree with like everything you said, Rich. Uh, this isn't the type of team that I'm going to want to lay a lot of points with. I, I'm just... They don't have an explosive offense. They they're plotting. They're they're gonna try to run the ball, and I just that's not a team that I expect to come out and just blow people's doors off and get out to big leads. Now that being said, with this defense, if they do get out, like if they're like up ten in the first half, they'll probably win by thirty because then Miami's just gonna throw a bunch of picks. So I, I guess like alternate line Ravens minus twenty is probably plus EV. I would guess, but. Uh, but uh yeah if this game's competitive at all i don't see them like pulling away late all right lions at cardinals brett you the market (laughs) guy you just pissed away a half point what are you doing here yeah i'm gonna be square inside with the public road favorite here i look i can't buy into kingsbury and kyler murray until i see it this cardinals offensive line is a train wreck and kyler Kyler is in unfamiliar territory here. No more sitting behind a wall for five to ten seconds and just waiting for receivers to get open. I think this is going to be a rough opener for the cards. And and this Detroit team, I think, is in for some positive regression. I think this line is going to devour Kyler on Sunday. feels dirty, but uh, I kind of like Detroit. Look, I couldn't disagree more. (laughs) (laughs) Let let me start, Mo, and then I'll kick kick it to you. Nobody's hated on the Cardinals more frequently than me this offseason. I think there's a legitimate shot that this Cardinals team is the worst NFL team of all time. That's in the cards. That's how bad this defense is, and that's how problematic things could get if their offense doesn't click like we've been sold it's going to. If they want to play at pace, but they can't block, and Kyler Murray struggles, this team is going to be absolutely horrifying. That said... This is a fake line. Three is not anywhere. They just threw three up there, gave us a, a, a very valuable half point. 76% are on a road favorite here in Detroit. And if you look at the injury report, Gerard Davis is doubtful. Trey Flowers, Deshaun Hand, Rashawn Melvin, all questionable. This Lions team is not going to blow doors, much like the Ravens team. And if the Cardinals are what we've been sold, if they're even a decent percentage of that, you absolutely have to take the three points right here. Mo, what you got? The Lions minus three? I thought this was a complete misprint. This, they're not more than a field goal better than this team, in my opinion. I mean, you just... I, I guess the the betting public certainly thinks so, but... uh yeah, I mean, where, why, why can't, why is this going to be a rough start for, for the Arizona uh, offense? I mean, why can't Kyler just come out and do a decent job against this, I mean, mediocre at best Lions defense? I mean, and then uh, on the other side, the Lions want to run the ball. They want to come out and run the ball. That's what they're doing. It's 2019. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> DP, you had the Cardinals on your card at the bottom, but still 11 out of 15. Wrap this game up for us. I mean, I told you guys there was a couple games that I was off three points on. This was one of them. Um, I mean, listen, Rich, I'm with you. I've been talking a lot of crap on the Cardinals uh, throughout this this offseason and lead up to the regular season. That said, I mean, 
I probably talk more crap about the Lions. I, I'm not high on them at all. I think Matt Patricia is an absolute disaster. I think if you were going to bet on a head coach to get fired first this season, he's the favorite, and it's not close. Um, I mean, I just I don't like anything he brings to the table. I don't really know what they want to do. Mo brought up the fact that that you know he's leading the charge to get them to run the ball more, which I don't think is the way you want to go. Uh, you know, in today's NFL, especially in this game, I mean, if they want to run the ball against Arizona, that's just the wrong game plan. Um, and it seems like that's what they want to do. Just if I'm trying to read the tea leaves of, you know, what's being said or what's coming out of, of Detroit going into this one. And also just the whole start slow factor in the NFL. Out of all the teams that I would expect to be ready, the Lions are at the bottom of the list. Like, I just don't anticipate this team ever being ready for the regular season. If they do get ready and they do have some of that positive regression that Brett was talking about, I think it's going to take a couple weeks for them to get there. Even though they are playing a bad team in the Cardinals, you know, I, I expect them to play down to the competition and just not look good from the start. And, you know, I got to take these points here when I I had this one at at, at best. I could see the Lions being a one point favorite on the road, but I had it as a pick. So I'm taking the points. Next on Bert's list of lone wolves, this one also confusing. The Patriots disciple, the man with the Belichick blinders, selects the Steelers plus five and a half. What's going on here? I thought this was a pretty fair line, but I, I'm really high on this uh, Steelers defense this year. Could be a top five unit in the league. And we've seen the Patriots get smashed in week one primetime before. So I don't know. I wasn't I don't have a huge lean on this one, but I, I kinda like the Steelers this year. So uh, I'll just I'll just pick them. DP I'm sorry, did he just say top five unit in the league? <laughs> yeah. Who's had more IPAs? I'm, we need more IPAs ASAP, yeah. <laughs> Why? No TJ Watt love? Mo? Yeah, I mean, he's pretty good. They have a, like a few good players. I mean, I would, this secondary sucks. And, uh, yeah, if there's any team you that's guaranteed to test your secondary, it's probably going to be the Patriots. So. Well, the big, I, I'm not high on this Patriots team at all, but I think that this line was fair. The big issue is that you could give Tom one the best defense in the world. They're just going to sit in zone, and Brady's going to throw for 500. Brady Belichick have never lost to the Steelers at home. They've covered two games. They've pushed one. DP, you should have had this higher. You should have had the Patriots in your card. So with the way, and, and we talked about this on some of our – our lead up podcast, you know, specifically when I was mentioning some of the Tom Brady props and the way that uh, New England is transitioning the way that it plays offense, you know, they're, they're playing a little bit more balanced and, you know, you know, not that that's going run heavy because New England was so dominant in the passing game that them going back a little bit is still dominant passing, but I think that it's a it's a lot of points to cover. I think this is going to be lower scoring than we expect. I mean, this total is, I've seen it at 50, 50 and a half. Um, I think it's going to be very much under that. And just covering five and a half. Patriots always start slow. I think they're going to start a little bit faster than normal, but starting slow um, is kind of their thing all the time. And, and I just think it's a little bit too many points uh, to lay, which is my trepidation, you know. <laughs> And then on the other side, I'm just like, yeah, Tomlin sucks. You know, he's he can't do anything. Like, I mean, Rich, you mentioned he's going to go out there and, and play zone. I could even see him like going into this game. You know, we got to switch it up. We got to do this. We got to do that. We got to stop Tom Brady. And then you know, Belichick in New England just comes out and just gets in whatever the hell that two tight end set is and just runs the ball all day with Sony Michelle and Damian Harris. Like that's all they do. 
just to completely throw Tomlin off. And then Tomlin has no idea whatsoever how to react because he never has any idea how to react to anything. He just, they do what they do. They're Pittsburgh. I am a little bit worried. Um, Brett mentioned it, the Pittsburgh defense and specifically how it matches up to New England's offense. Again, if New England wants to throw the ball, how ready is this passing offense going to be? Julian Edelman's thumb has been bothering him. That last preseason game, for whatever reason, they threw him out there and he hurt it again. So there's an issue there. I have no idea if he's going to be on the same page with these other guys because he hasn't really been working with them. Brady hasn't been working with them in the offseason. Gordon just joined. I mean, Gordon's supremely talented, but are they going to be ready to go and be on the same page? Who knows? Who knows it's going to be clicking so I mean, you know, he's just going to be throwing one-yard passes to Edelman and White. Like, it is, it's not like he's going to actually—he never throws the ball. He's just going to dump it off to guys that are wide open. Not yeah, the, but they, they always tend to get off to a little bit of a slower start. So I, I think it's going to be—I think they can cover. You know, I think that that's a favorite. That's obviously why I picked them. But I think it's going to be harder than a lot of people might think to cover five and a half. Last lone wolf is Brett's one-pointer, laying the four with the Vikes against the Falcons. Coin flip territory here, Brett. Yeah, my one-pointer, uh, just kind of fading the the public here. 61% of the bets on the Falcons. Line hasn't moved much at all. Looks pretty fair, so I don't have a line. or I don't have a lean either way. I mean, these teams were almost identical in, in the way they operated offensively last year, so I'm just going to sit back and uh, not really not have a lean on either <laughs> side here. This game flirted with 3.5 today, went back to 4. Yeah, this is very coin flippy to me. Uh, I think the additional point just adds some value to the Falcons, but you can't underestimate. Vikes at home under Zimmer, 68% against the spread. Uh, Only the Patriots during that period have a better uh, coverage percentage, 69%. Man, Mitch Trubisky is just awful. (laughs) Game-losing interception there by good old Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, The Diggs injury is a bit worrisome. The Kirk Cousins backbreaker is always in the pocket. And for me, the the big matchup that really pushed it over was Julio versus the ghost of Xavier Rhodes. I mean, Xavier graded as a 58 last year. And if he plays like that in this game, Julio could go for, for 200. So I barely leaned Falcons. Mo loves the Falcons this week, has them on his card. The IPAs must have started flowing, Mo. I do love the Falcons. I don't understand why this line is above three. I mean, to me, this Falcons team is just as good as the Vikings. Uh, horrible O-line for the Vikings. And sounds like they're going to try to come out and run the ball once again. Another coach that saying he wants to come out and run the ball. Uh, good luck when the other team is throwing to Julio Jones. Uh, not a fan of that strategy. Um, and I think, uh, you know, the Vikes have a solid defense. I don't think it's really that great. And I think uh, Matt Ryan and uh, Julio Jones will be fine uh, moving the ball against this team. So Falcons money line for me here. Ooh, I missed it. I had it queued up there. Here you go, Mo. There's your money line. DP nearly had the money fa- bet line. Money bet line. DP, DP nearly had the Falcons on the card. Wrap this game up. Nearly did, just liked a lot of other games better. I agree with a lot of what Mo said, uh, specifically that this should be minus three, in my opinion. Um, I mean, I think that these teams are kind of similar. You know, I I don't think that the Falcons will have that much of a problem going on the road either. You know, they're going up to play in a dome. They're a dome team. They play fast. That's what they do. I think they'll be fine up there. Uh, You know, I'm a little bit worried about the Diggs injury. That crept into my head, but I was still uh, confident on this one even before that news came out. I'm a little bit worried about the the Kirk Cousins factor, of course. 
Um, so I'm just going to roll with uh, Matt Ryan here and get that point of value when I think that this shouldn't be more than three. Moe's only lone wolf was his two-pointer. Not a lot of confidence here, but he is riding the public wave with our beloved Cleveland Browns laying the five against the Titans. Mo, what made you click Cleveland here? Uh, I just think this line's pretty fair, to be honest. Uh, you know that this is um, one up from the bottom for me, so I'm not standing on a table. I'm not running to the window and betting the Browns. I think this is right about where it should be. Uh, so not much to say, but uh, I think just when I think about the way these teams match up, I, I really like this Browns defense, I guess. like, And I, I think that the Titans, if they fall behind, I, I don't want to see Mariota slinging the rock here. So I don't know. I guess I could see some disaster scenarios there. If I had to pick, I would pick the Browns, but no strong lean. Well, if you want a strong lean, we've got Burt Minotti. He's got the Titans on his card. What you like about Tennessee here? Well, first of all, how about that Packers money line, boys? Got him. Money line, uh, Let's go. I had money bet line. There it is. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm fading the Browns hype here. 68% of the bets on Cleveland as a home favorite. Great spot for Tennessee in the Super Contest. Nobody's going to be on them. Uh, and I think this this is a tef- the Titans defense we talked about last year. They're on the rise. They were fantastic in the red zone last year. Uh, hashtag, again, when it matters. And we have a Browns offense that is the talk of the NFL, but we're already seeing reports that Odell Beckham, limited, limited with a hip injury, I'm not buying into the Browns as a contender until I see it. I think that is baked into this line. Until then, I'm going to happily take five and a half with an average, maybe above, slightly above average football team. I, I really like the Titans here in the, in the Super Contest. I really wanted to like the Titans, wanted to fade the public. 69% nice are on the Browns, but I just have flashes from last year. Taylor Lewan suspended, missing action. Jack Conklin, questionable to suit up. This Titans O-line, when those guys aren't in, is a bit of a mess. So I just couldn't push them up knowing that be, they will be trying to block, at least, Olivier Vernon and Miles Garrett. That's the Lone Wolf section. Burt Minotti's on the Ravens, Lions, Steelers, and Vikings. And Mo has the Browns. It is now time, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, to finally make our first Super Contest card of the season. And we'll start with Mo because he led the pack last year with a 59.4% win percentage, and he has a consensus pick as his number one. It was the highest consensus pick amongst the four. Mr. Nuwara, give us your pick. I got the Bucks. I mean, I don't understand this line. Uh, I know, uh, Rich... I'll pass it off to you for sure right after this because nobody hates the 49ers more than you do. But, um, yeah, I don't understand this line at all. Uh, to me, when I look at the rosters of this team, I actually think the Bucks might have more talent than, than the Niners. Like, I'm not seeing where the Niners even have more talent than the Bucks, much less to be basically being priced like they're several points better than the Bucks. I, this baffles me. Uh, and then to top it off, you have – Garoppolo, who I actually believe in and think is like a very good player, but when I've watched him, I've been impressed. But it sounds like he's very rusty coming back. Uh, he has no weapons to speak of. And, and then on the other side, you got the Bucks, who 
actually do have weapons and actually do have a coach who is going to try to use those weapons. I don't know if it's going to work. I'm oh, very worried about this Tampa Bay O-line uh, and an offense that's going to be trying to throw deep. But, um, yeah, the, 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 the Niners just have no talent, really. I mean, I'm just, like, looking top to bottom of this. Especially this defense is a disaster. I mean, the Bucks are really bad, too, but – I don't see where they're any better than I'm mean, any worse than the Niners. Uh, to be honest, this Niners secondary is as bad as they come. And why can't Jameis just shred these guys? I mean, this is money bet line. Uh, if you can get them as a dog, especially, and yeah, I I don't understand this line. And furthermore, the public is even on the Niners, which really surprises me. I mean, fifty six percent. I don't get it. Fifty six percent on the the Niners at best. San Francisco is Spider-Man meme with Tampa Bay. Yeah, Spider-Man meme. And, oh, I forgot. Cross-country trip here as well. So yeah. I'm, I'm not getting this. This is the battle of the post-hype all-stars. Teams that we think are going to bounce back to young quarterbacks that once had immense hope that are staring down their own futility. Two extremely overrated head coaches uh, with fancy offensive systems that people can't stop fapping about. And the biggest difference between the two is exactly what Mo pointed out. The Bucks at least have elite playmakers surrounding their loose cannon quarterback. The Niners just have guys that fantasy guys hype. I mean, who are these dudes? You've got randos like Debo Samuels who haven't taken a snap yet. George Kittle who had a, a bunch of big plays. Something Matt Breda who gets broken. Well, Kittle is great, but yeah. Something Matt Breda who gets broken every other play. I mean, this is an awful, awful football team. Ten wins in two years, and yet we still all bow at the altar of Kyle Shanahan. Take the Bucks here all day long. This is a joke line. This should be minus three, set it and forget it, but somehow this line is inexplicably a pick em. And in real life, it's starting to move in that direction, minus one but it's not moving fast enough. This was on everybody's Minus card. Minus one, not enough. Still fire the box. This was on everybody's card. DP, you were the second highest. You had this as your number two pick. Pile on some more on the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I mean, I had this one at Bucks minus two and a half. When I saw it came out as a pick, I was absolutely shocked. I mean, I, I think of the, the Niners as the NFC Browns. They're getting a lot of hype, but at least with the Browns, I can look around and I can see some names. I the can Browns see a lot of talent. were a good football team last year. Yeah, but like I look at this Niners team, I'm like, who the hell is on this team? I mean, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo, and listen, I like Jimmy Garoppolo. Came out of New England. I wanted him to, to uh, you know, take over for Tom Brady and, and them to kick out Tom Brady, but that looks more and more like by the day that that was really just Bill Belichick and not Jimmy Garoppolo because, I mean, what has Jimmy done? He hasn't looked that good. I mean, yeah, it's easy to throw the ball all over the field when you can hit some big plays to George Kittle and you're down a whole bunch of points and things are kind of wide open. But, you know, I don't expect this team to be that good. I think they're going to fall really short on where their hype is. I don't like the cross-country trip. I don't like the fact that they got to go down there and play in a humid environment in Florida. Florida. Um, you know, Bruce Arians should help this Tampa Bay offense a little just with his aggressive style. You know, Rich, you mentioned it. They got some playmakers on this team. They got Mike Evans. They got Chris Godwin. They got Jameis who can get back there and sling it. I mean, I know Jameis isn't the best, but that guy's in a contract year, man. He's out there going to be playing for his life. So I'm happy to back Tampa Bay here in this spot. I don't expect much at all from this San Francisco 49ers defense, and that's the big hole in this whole game to me is I think that this Tampa Bay team, who has proven, they proved last year, I think, that they can put up points if they need to. 
you know, it was their defense that was the biggest issue a lot of times. And I think that they're going to be able to put up a lot of points here and they're going to kind of run away with this one. Brett, do you want to add anything before getting to your pick? I also capped this at two and a half. The only thing I'm worried about here is the box offensive line containing the 49ers front. Bosa, Buckner, Ford. This could be one of the more surprising units in the league. I, I think, it, I mean, they're really good up front. And this Tampa offensive line is not good, as most said. So scheming is going to be huge in this one to get the ball out of Jameis's hands into their playmakers. Because, again, as most said, there are mismatches all over this secondary. So uh, I'll take those edges over anything else in this game. I think Evans and Godman are going to feast on those guys. All right. Give us your pick. You were second last year amongst the four of us with a 54% winning percentage. What you got, Minotti? All right, here's the take. The Indianapolis Colts, without Andrew Luck, are still a better team than Los Angeles Chargers. I was all in on this Colts squad coming into the year. I'm not backing off it now, especially now that we can get some great value across the board on this Indianapolis team. I trust in Jacoby Brissett as a game manager. He's working behind one of the best offensive lines in football. He's taking orders from one of the best coaches in the league. And they're getting six and a half against a team that I believe is way overvalued right now. This Chargers defense has some glaring holes in it. No Derwin James. They've lost some guys in the secondary. So I'm buying all the low stock here on the Colts. The public is firing the Chargers, and the line is moving the other way. This checks all the boxes for me. I don't think many people are going to put the Colts on the card either. I could be wrong. Uh, But, man, I love Indy. Love Indy. Some linebacker issues for the Chargers as well. Jatavis Bryant, always, who's, who's not great, uh, is trending on not playing, and Denzel Perryman has been limited all week as well. Moe, you're the only person that did not have this in your top five. You tempered our expectations on Jacoby Brissett in the previous podcast. Are you worried about having the Colts on the card? I'm a little worried. He's 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 pretty bad. I have to say he's not good at all. Uh, but that being said, I agree with what Brett was saying about this Chargers secondary. I looked at these players and I was like, who are these guys? I, I don't even know who some of these players are. I, I don't know what happened in this Chargers secondary. This these guys were elite recently, like last few years. But I don't know what happened to this uh, roster. But uh, I uh, I'm okay with it. Whatever. Let's go. I'm impressed that the market didn't overreact more to the luck injury. This line only moved three and a half points. I thought it was going to be huge. Yeah, I thought it would be like eight. So we got, what, an extra? I mean, I think it moved to seven after the, uh, after the, after the announcement. Very and now it's back to six and a half, six. Very impressive. Take a bow, market. Yeah. You did a good job. All right, DP, you're third. You had a 51.7 percent winning percentage last year you also have a consensus pick our second consecutive road team they're getting the full touchdown though give us your selection first want to say that brett sniped me on that that colts pick so i'm happy with that but double snipe and mo had your second pick yeah um i have the texans here uh plus seven going on the road in new orleans i mean a lot of this is my anti New Orleans takes. I just, I just think that they're not the team that they were two, three years ago. And I think a lot of people still believe them 
to be that team, and that's why this line is so high. I mean, a full touchdown just seems wild to me. I mean, I think this should be down around four. I, I you know, I'm not all in on this Texans team, but I, I don't think that they're horrible. You know, they're a, a decent team. I think that they can do pretty well. New Orleans, you know, like I talked about earlier with New England getting off to a slow start, they always seem to get off to a slow start. You know, I, I know we don't go too much into trends on this show, but when, the, the last time that they won the opener, the Saints, was like 2013 or 2012, something like that. So uh, just a perennial slow starter. Um, I think that the way that they've, they've kind of shifted their whole – uh, mentality, you know, they're a little bit more run focused. Drew Brees is, is not the Drew Brees of old, um, you know, and now that they're, you know, if they are going to continue to be run focused, I mean, listen, Alvin Kamara is great. Don't get me wrong, but they lost Mark Ingram, who I thought was very, very good. You know, a great one, two punch alongside Kamara. And now they got Latavius Murray filling in there, who I don't think is that good. And I don't think is going to be able to be near the player that Mark Ingram was for them. Jared Cook will be a nice uh, replacement for them at tight end. Um, But, you know, other than Jared Cook and Mike Thomas, I don't see too much, uh, you know, for the the Texans to be worried about. Um, And and I like what this Texans team can be able to do on offense if they do need to score with the New Orleans team, which always seems to kind of be the case when you do play these Saints. You have to be able to put up points if it gets into a shootout. Um, I think that the Texans will be able to do that. Um, I kind of think that not having Lamar Miller is a good thing for them. So they won't be just giving him the ball to a back that I've never thought was better than average. So put the ball in Deshaun's hands and let him go wild. I would not be surprised at all to see the Texans come out with a W here. So if you guys want to fire that money line, you can get a really good price knowing that they're touchdown dogs. Yeah, why can't the Texans just go blow for blow with the Saints in this game? You talked about the slow start last year. The Saints were minus 10 in consecutive home games to kick off the season. They lost the first week to the Bucks, who ended up being one of the worst teams in the league. And then they laid an absolute stinker against the Browns and somehow escaped the uh, the arena with a 21-18 victory. So the slow start thing is real. Uh, and with the Texans, this may be the healthiest Deshaun Watson we get to bet on all season. Uh, it's already at six and a half on Pinnacle, so we're getting a half point of value on one of the most important lines. Slight public shade onto the Saints, 51% on them. Everybody had the Texans on their card, except for Brett. Brett, this was in the middle of your 15. Any trepidations here about having Houston on the card? Not really. I'm good with it. I think the Saints are overvalued. Uh, Drew Brees is falling apart in front of our eyes. I think we saw it towards the end of last year. It's easy to complete 75% of your passes when you're dumping off to Kamara all game. I, I was not impressed with him in the second half of last year. So um, I probably should have this, uh, the Texans higher, but I'm glad it's on the card. All right. Well, I sucked last year, 47.6%. And uh, <laughs> I don't think you guys are going to like my pick. It's the only non-consensus pick that'll make the card. We did have five consensus picks, one that will be revealed shortly. The other was the Giants plus seven at Dallas. But my selection is a home dog. <laughs> we got Fitzmagic on the card, guys. I might fire veto on this one. <laughs> you, yeah, you didn't explain the veto rules, did you? You clicked the Dolphins. Every host has one veto. They, it works just like the NFL challenge rules. If you successfully veto in a winner for a loser, you get to retain your veto. If you put in a winner for a winner or a loser for a loser, your veto is gone forever. And if you do the unthinkable, if you put in a loser 
and remove a winner, the person who you vetoed against has a free veto against you for that season. Mo, you picked the Dolphins. Why would you veto them? This is the yeah, room. I mean, I just don't like this, but I'll let Brett take it away. This is the right side. I mean, I picked the Dolphins, and I hate this. This is the absolute right side. Yeah, in like week 12. This is week one, man. Why do we got to do this now? <laughs> Why do we got to do this now? Already. It, we haven't even started, and we're going to blow it. The only other game I would put over it that hasn't my number two is the Texans, my number three is the Bucks, my number four is the Colts. The only other one that I would put on is Bills, and that's a split game. Anybody? Well, it's on brand. It's, <laughs> it's about all I got because this this one stinks. We got the keg. Come on, the keg has done so so much good for us. The keg against this defense against Harbaugh at home in, in negative script. <laughs> this is horrifying. At home, this has shades. What a home? This is not a home game. This has shades. Come on, don't disrespect Hard Rock like that. This has shades of... Going to need the IPAs this weekend, Brett. <laughs> That's a terrible pick. All right, let's get to the collective pick, which I am very surprised by, especially from one Mo Nuara. Again, this was a consensus pick. It is another home dog. The collective chooses the Carolina Panthers. Nice. Mo did that. I love this side. After this trashing the Panthers play. the entire offseason, both sides of the ball, disrespecting DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel up and down, he clicks Panthers week one against one of the best teams in the league. I'm shocked. Get, get this clown-ass $110 million quarterback off the freaking field. <laughs> this is great. This is so awesome. I love this pick. I am, I am worried about this uh, Rams scheme. That's, you know, because they're going to come after these Carolina DBs, and they're not good. I like Bradbury. I like nobody else. He sucks. Bradbury's terrible. He's solid. I think he's solid. Um, Yeah, but I the market's already moving this one. It's down to one. It's clear that this Carolina plus two and a half line was stupid. Uh, hopefully this closes like Hickam or Carolina minus one, something like that. I'll be feeling really good. But um, as it is, you know, the market's making me think this is probably the right side. And uh, I personally don't think this should be above a pick I I like these points that we're getting. I know they're not the most impactful points, but let's take them. Public 70% on the Rams. Nobody's worried about something Joseph Note Boom and something Brian Allen playing offensive line for the Rams, that's been totally overwritten because all the worry's been on Gurley, who we should still be worried about, <laughs> against the nice defensive front of the Panthers. Nice. They are sick. This defensive line is nasty. Well, it you know what it's going to come down to is Gerald McCoy. Gerald McCoy is a guy that I absolutely love, but he's he's kind of disappeared, you know? it's many, That's true. A lot of it's been about injury, so I don't want to take too much away from him but yes at his best Gerald McCoy is a scary scary individual and on the other side of the ball the Panthers outbid my fight in New York Jets and uh Burt's fight in Buffalo Bills and got Matt Paredes the best center on the market to protect Cam Newton whose shoulder seems to be attached no more wasted targets on Devin Funchess or uh who is the the guy uh I'm blanking on 
Torrey Smith. No more wasted targets on these guys. Get DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel cooking. We have Corey Littleton, one of the worst cover linebackers in the league. He's going to have to deal with CMC in this Pro game. Bowler. I mean, just because he's literally <laughs> Jatavis Bryant. He doesn't cover, and then he gets a tackle. So he gets 160 tackles. Oh, he's also a special teams pro bowler. So, yeah, he's terrible. God. Yeah, give me Panthers money bet line. Let's go. That's a positive. That. I'm, surprised, I'm surprised you picked them, Rich. You're, you've been the Rams truther all through these lead-up podcasts. Yeah, I like the Rams a lot, but this is a really bad spot against one of the best teams in the league on the road. Bad line. of, I mean, point spread, that is. Uh, and I've been equally hyping up the Panthers. I think they can win the NFC South. I think the Panthers can win a Super Bowl. How about that? Wow. What's the, what's the odds on that right now? Slow down. We'll 50. <laughs> it's like 50 to 1. If Cam is right, this offense is a wagon. I love the unknown factor of this offense, and I think it's it's an unknown that has a huge ceiling. I mean, Samuel, Moore, you know, if Olsen can be somewhat of what Olsen, I know he's a lot older now, but if he can still be a really good solid option at tight end, CMC, I mean, they have a lot of – young explosive power there that if cam is back to being cam i mean i think it's, it could be a great offense here yeah they don't have any wide receivers on the team but they got a bunch of guys who can make plays after the catch exactly so. easy throws i mean this is if the patriots ever stopped rostering white receivers and had athletes this is what their offense could look like right like guys that can catch the ball in space and then make something happen make the offense as easy as possible for cam and if he wants to show some moments of brilliance, that's fine. But for the most part, make it simple. Get these guys in space and let them eat. Love this pick. Proud of you guys. Good yeah, job. Good job. Good job. So that's the card. We've got four. Is it? Is it? Oh. Are we really? Are we really pulling the dolphins on there? Come on. Damn it. We'll go four and one. What's the big deal? Would the, right, yeah, would we'll the Ravens four. be minus twelve and a half? If if Ravens, Ravens are good, if, man. If the Seahawks, one of the most historic home teams, are only minus nine and a half against the Bengals, who quietly are tanking better than the Dolphins, I think. Right? How can this team be twelve and a half against the Dolphins? If I wasn't a lone wolf, I would have a little more conviction. But I'll 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 stick with you guys. You know, I'm just trying to think if the Dolphins are going to show up. I mean, I just, I, mean, I know Fitzpatrick is going to show up. Or is, yeah. It's week the one. The this isn't, this isn't the, the basketball joke. This isn't three, two, one Bahamas, right? Where it's the end of the season and you're just mailing it in. This is week one. This is nobody believes in us. We've worked all summer and we're just going to show up week one and just quit. No, come on. I know. I know. I know. We've seen it a ton of times. You want to take the other side because like you said, you're looking at like the, the the dolphins in this example, and you're saying they should quit. They should just lay down. They should just totally lose this game, get blown out, tank the season, not get hurt, come back next year, all that sort of crap. But as you've always said, Rich, these are professional athletes. Amen. For their lives. Twenty one twenty dolphins. Who is honestly shocked? I mean, I could totally see this this being a a absolute last second Fitzpatrick diving into the end zone backdoor cover. No, it's gonna, it's gonna be forty to three, but at least we won't have to sweat it at the end. That's that'll be the good part of it. So the card four consensus picks: Colts plus six and a half, Bucks as a pick'em, Panthers plus two and a half, Texans plus seven. We've got the Monday night hammer, and then we got the Dolphins 
plus six and a half at home against the Ravens. Zero favorites. The brand is back. I do want to say one thing about the Colts pick. Go for it. There is, I don't think that there's a, in terms of being away from home, a softer landing spot than having to go play in the Los Angeles Chargers stadium. Yeah, yeah, that's a ass stadium. Like Jacoby Brissett's going to be there with you know forty percent Colts fans, twenty percent just neutral fans, and then the rest are going to be fake Chargers fans. Yeah, they're going to be like, "Where's the Galaxy match at? What's going on here? Why are they playing American Pigskin on the pitch right now?" Yeah, StubHub has zero presence for the Chargers. So that's the card. Follow these guys on Twitter at Brett Colson C O L S O N. We've got at Donnie underscore Peters. And from the West End Mall, we've got Mo Nuora, N-U-W-W-A-R-A-H. Best of luck in your betting ventures this weekend and enjoy the football. We'll be back to you sometime early next week. Until then, peace.